0: Five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about mail and branding today. So, buckle up. Here we go. Family swamped by junk mail. What can you do? Okay. And this is from NBC4I from January 3rd. Uh, One family gets way too much mail and they're at wits' end trying to stop it. Their mail carrier has been getting a workout, bringing stacks of letters to one older woman at her home. Most of the requests are for money. Okay, That's what funds it all, right? Um, And the daughter doesn't know what to do. Her senior mom receives dozens of requests for money every week. Yesterday, she got a whole stack of letters, and this box is filled with a month or two of mailings. The mail never lets up like invitations to Hogwarts school that showered young Harry Potter every day. I remember that. I read that book. They come every day. There's not a day she doesn't get some kind of mail like that. And most letters are from legitimate charities. And here's the big problem. This is... this is. If you want to know why they're coming, her mom has a tough time saying no to requests for donations. Okay? So the reason that they... They don't stop and they multiply. Is whatever you honor will come toward you. <laughs> it tugs at her heart and she has a big heart. I had a friend who's, who got a call from the, her mom's bank and they said, Your mom has like emptied out a million dollar account and we thought you might want to know. And it was all gifts to charity. Bless her heart. That was really. And uh, so, um, you could write to all the organizations and ask them to remove their mom off their mailing list, but it's not really their mailing list that she's getting the mailings from. It's probably exchanges, list exchanges, or list rentals. So that might not even uh, work because she's not on their mailing list, per se, unless she's given to that organization explicitly. Um, So... What the Better Business Bureau's Wise Giving Alliance says is when donating, you can tell the charities not to share your name. That's one thing. Okay. Uh, Register with the dmachoice.org, which is the old Direct Marketing Association. I think they get that wrong. It's it's changed its name to the Data and Marketing Association, which has literally nothing to do with mail. But anyway, DMA Choice. (laughs) Uh, signing up can stop most junk mail. There was a a post on LinkedIn the other day, and it said, "Does mail have a PR problem?" And it was like, "Well, yeah." <laughs> See, I've embraced junk mail long ago. I said that. Uh, uh, I said that. What else in life can you throw away with impunity? Right? You don't have to ever worry about throwing away the junk mail. Why they why they keep it in a box? I'm not sure. Let's set it aside. You know yeah you can send it back say uh return to sender you can say that uh or you can just dump it <laughs> or you can use it as uh fire starter you know i remember the old uh the old uh sunset house had the the catalog log maker <laughs> that you could use to, <laughs> to make catalogs into logs for the fireplace um Here's an easy one. Ask your mom or dad to have their mail forwarded to your address, just like when you go away on vacation. Or, you know, even further along, consider a durable power of attorney, which lets you get their mail and pay their bills and see all of that stuff. But it might be that your mom likes getting the letters. That's also possible. I had a friend. They were never really a client, although we kind of tried to work together. Um, and they would mail something like 120 times a year. They had uh, sweepstakes, you know, and you know it was it was probably mainly elderly women, and they you know they enjoyed getting stuff in the mail, so they would play along. And you know, if it's not, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do, a lot of hobbies you can have that'll cost you a lot more. Like you may have noticed, I changed my LinkedIn profile that not the profile picture but the background picture and i put up the honeybees and that'll cost you that can cost you thousands just getting started <laughs> first couple years so you know this might be pretty harmless but it's up to you it's your choice but the point is there is choice um there's the send it back point here uh the 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 uh, dma choice does cost two dollars and that's what to prevent teenagers or criminals from simply stopping your mail or disgruntled uh, ex-spouses or who knows what um, it's the same principle as Elon Musk with the $8 a month charge I think except it's much much lower okay here's an interesting scheme I love the way they talk over there. <laughs> Royal Mail wholesale incentive scheme to boost programmatic mail and the gist of it is first they have a lot of information about why programmatic is is good uh, but one of the issues is that if you mail one piece of mail, you know, if you don't have a lot of traffic on your website, and it's it could be, you know, even a lot of traffic, um, then you, you, you're, you go under the threshold for advertising mail. And so, and their threshold seems to be 4,000 pieces. I think the USPS is 2,000. But feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and so um, you pay a, a pretty high rate, postal rate, unless you uh you do like co-mail you know if your printer has a number of accounts like this um then you should consider then then you may not have to worry about it but if you're trying to do it kind of on its own or you're trying to get your printer to start doing this then you may want to um if you're in the UK you want to look into something like this or you want to look for a printer that does bundle them together and Treats it all as one big mailing. One of the advantages of a postcard is that it's all the same size and shape, and so the postal service can treat that as uh, one mailing, even though it's. And you use the you use the printers in Disha uh, to make that one big mailing. Um, so anyway, you can if they if they if they come to your website and then and they spend a little time looking around and then leave, uh, you can even in some cases with considerable limitations look up their street address and send them a little card inviting them to come back or to come to your nearest store or a lot of things but the, one of the best one of the best applications is card abandonment so jd williams jd williams i always forget jd williams's name when i talk about gdpr i heard that jd williams when gdpr came out in the uk Erased all of their 12-month or older buyers. Everybody who hadn't bought in the last year, they thought they couldn't mail to them anymore, so they just erased the the, the data. That's a, that's something I heard from a list broker in the UK. We won't uh, we won't mention Nigel's name because uh, it you know. But <laughs> if you know Nigel, you can check with him. I'll tag him in the thing. <laughs> but Nigel told me that JD Williams just bunked out their customer list because they were they were convinced that they wouldn't be able to mail them anymore anyway and uh, that wasn't the case they had a uh, i'm trying to remember it's i always think of it as a compelling interest it's something like that it's a word like compelling Uh, and they went to the uh, to the gdpr police and said all the other mailers all the other catalogers in the uk kind of banded together and said we've been mailing these people you know 40 50 years they seem to like getting the mail that's a point I made in the last article, right? And um, so J.D. Williams did a trial, and they found that uh, using programmatic res- uh, mail increased response rates by 6%. Now, that's a tough question, you know. 6%. I never, you know, I always want to know what's the net profit on this thing. Average order up by 8%. and here, But here's a good one that you can kind of take to the bank. And reduced abandon rates by 14%. And I always say, at what cost, right? If you're sending it, if if you've got a a, a 50% cart abandonment, probably that's a little high, maybe 30% cart abandonment. And you send those, uh, so for every 10,000 orders, you get get, um, 3,000 or so people who look like they're going to order, but they don't. So for every ten thousand or so, so you send out three thousand pieces, um, you know, you've increased the cost of taking that order. Uh, that would be probably where I would allocate it. Um, it's a good question if that makes money or not. But at least, at least Royal Mail, good for them, is giving you a way to qualify for the for the lower ad mail rates, uh, even if you're below four thousand items per day. Okay, so that's a pretty good strategy. Okay, now over to Mark Ritson. I never know where he's going to go with this stuff, but he really liked Netflix Glass Onion. You can see that's the name when it was originally promoted. And then they added Knives Out on the bottom. And uh, Mark liked the film. Okay, Daniel Craig is the detective Benoit Benoit Blanc. I don't know how to say that, but anyway. Um, and the, the writer of the of the, of the, uh, movie, um, what's his name, Ryan Johnson, Rian, Ryan, Ryan Johnson, was ticked off because he wanted, he wanted a unique, a unique movie that didn't depend on seeing the, the previous movie. A lot like, um, a lot like Dorothy, sayers is it he said some famous mystery writer um but he but netflix said no we're gonna tie it back to the big hit knives out and so mark tells the story of uh mark tells the story of how movies are branded so glass onion on its own was repositioned by Netflix to Glass, Onion, Knives Out, in very small type, I have to say. Um, and this is a spectrum of of branding from House of Brands, where we just acquire brands and we just leave them alone and let them market by themselves, all the way over to a branded house, which, like the movie Hall- Halloween, just is the same name over and over and over and over. Okay, the Godfather, Godfather 1, Godfather 2, Godfather 3. Um, or you can have a sub-brand, which is Indiana Jones and uh, the Temple of Doom, for example, is a, the, I think it's the third one. And, um, and, but Indiana Jones is, is featured, Star Trek, and then they have a, a sub, the the title. This is actually, you know, the, the, the title of the brand is bigger. This one certainly isn't. You know, *Knives Out* is in small, is small print. Okay, so from a graphic standpoint, they didn't see. It doesn't seem like they went all the way to here to co-drivers, but mm, 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 you know, I'm not gonna argue with Mark. Um, and he said that in the aughts, it in the aughts, um. He goes in the where's the aughts? Okay, oh Agatha Christie is the author that. R- Ryan Johnson wanted to emulate Agatha Christie, where the main protagonist stays the same, but but, but uh, Johnson wanted to trust the intelligence of his audience, and Netflix thought better of that. Uh, what was it, P. T. Barnum who said, "You'll never go broke," underestimating the intelligence of your o- audience, or I guess he said, "A sucker's born every minute." <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, That's a marketing principle for you. So, so Ryan Johnson wanted to trust the intelligence of the audience and Netflix said no. But actually, there's more to it than that. Okay. What, what happened was that there was a, there was a surprise. Oh, and so here he talks about in the knots, the noughties, it looks like, which is not the nineties and it's not the tens, it's the zeros, (laughs) not, that's how, that's what they, they say, uh, over in the UK. During the noughties, multinationals acquired more and more brands. Okay? And then, a decade later, the cost of maintaining and growing such a large, diverse portfolio became increasingly apparent, and every smart company did two things. Okay? They cut back the the quantitative size of the portfolio brands. Okay? So they... Uh, Everyone from P&G to FedEx demolished some of the houses on their property. Uh, That's pretty good. I love the metaphor there. Uh, To reduce their marketing land tax and bolster their renovation budgets by focusing, focusing only on the biggest and best remaining properties. Then they moved as many of the surviving brands as possible from left to right on that spectrum. Right, so... Moved them from independent brands over to some connection that made some sense with the main brand, okay? So Coke Zero, or Zero, I think it was just called Zero, became Coke Zero, product variant of Coke, not a sub-brand in its own right. Picasa, I don't even remember Picasa, became Google Photos. Okay, makes sense. More became less, less began to deliver. Netflix is merely following a trend that is established, that uh, a trend as established as any in modern brand management, trying to attract as many customers as possible. Um, The last 30 years has witnessed an incredible revolution in product development. Right, so Marvel has a whole franchise. Disney has whole franchises of movies. Uh, and they just keep cranking them out. And they make some money with them. Uh, when, I, when Mark was a kid. He said the Godfather. Star Wars. Those were like the only. Serial. Uh, sequel. Uh, but now they have tons of them. Okay. So. Uh, according to Anita. Elbers. From Harvard. They're six times more profitable. If you. If you connect with a previous success, that could be, okay. And uh, you can you can get the link to John Lombardo explaining uh, to LinkedIn's John Lombardo explaining it all. Uh, and I'll p- put that link in the comments, I think. Oh, I wanted to do a shout out to Vinny, who's been sharing these every day. You know, I noticed that all of a sudden my my impressions have doubled and it could just be that one thing that Vinny's doing every day. And I really want to commend him for that. So if you like these and I have a few people that, you know, I get I get regular likes on these shows, probably male people. And I mean, M.A.I.L. Uh Instead of hitting like, or in addition to hitting like, just move over a little and hit the share button. It's right next to the like button. Well, it's over one more, I think. And um, it's no more work. You don't have to say anything if you don't want to. Uh, Vinny just says, another good show (laughs) by John, or the WDMA or something. Um, But it really seems to make a difference. So I really appreciate the shares if you, uh, you know, I appreciate if you want to join and. You can go to WDMA.org slash join and give me some encouragement that way, tangible encouragement. But boy, Vinny is really up in the up in the views, it seems like to me. Okay, so what's going on here? <clears throat> Knives Out was a surprise commercial smash. Uh made for only forty million and brought in three hundred million. And then the next movie was a bidding war and Netflix offered Four hundred and seventy million for two, okay. So, you know, if it isn't quite as good, they could lose they could lose some money, and that may just be the program rights. I don't know what it mean, what it is to build it to make the movie. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I'm not a movie maker. Find love on the best dating site. Oh, okay. Someone's spamming me on uh, on social media, and that's from YouTube. And they're just going to keep on, I suppose. I did get a couple new subscribers on YouTube, so people do buy it and do watch it over there. Um, A limited... So when it came out, The Glass Onion, uh, Netflix did a limited cinematic run in the U.S. and the U.K., and it did very good business. But after only five days, Netflix pulled the film from the theaters and announced it would appear on the channel a month later on the 23rd of December. And interestingly... Because sequels are so rarely as good as the original, like never, my my kids and my wife went down in the basement and watched, you know, the premiere, like the day of or the next day or something. And uh, I didn't watch it because I like sailing videos on the YouTube channels. But also because I thought, well, it's Knives Out and it won't be as good. And if, it, if I would have known it was just a mystery with with um you know a similar writer and and there wasn't that connection i would have been much much more likely to watch it but because i thought it was a sequel i decided to pass so put that in your pipe and smoke it mark and also netflix you know there is a negative uh there's a price to pay making it a making it a sequel um so we have two religions, member satisfaction, which is way up here, and operating income, which is way down here. You know, Netflix would like to make $300 million from, a theater box off, from the theater box office. But they are more interested in making happy the $24 billion in revenue subscribers. Okay, that makes sense. And that's the way, you know, we always ran the catalog business. We always wanted to make sure that we were delivering value consistently over time because that is where the real money is, okay? So Ryan was right to move his title, to title his movie Glass Onion, but Reed Hastings does not care about one movie. He cares about his customers and how they feel about their subscription to Netflix, long-term profitability, sustainability, right? And good news, you can still watch Knives Out, Glass Onion. And there's another one being made right now. And there'll be more made if they keep making money. So have a great day. Like and share. Share. Hit the share button. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.